How you guys doing? Swell. Wonderful. That's great. That makes me happy. I mean, how can you not be with the weather outside? My goodness. Man, 78 degrees? March 3rd? It's March 3rd. <laughs> 78 degrees, man. That's beautiful. Beautiful thing. Uh, we'll see how this, this works here. Mike, yes, good. Something that's coming up soon that's really special for my family is this Saturday is my twins' birthday. So yes, so they are turning nine years, not nine years old, they're not, it's the ninth. <laughs> I don't even know how old they are. Um, ask them, you know. Uh, they're turning 12, so 12 years old. I don't even know the ages of my kids. I was thinking March 9th, and then, uh, yeah, that's, don't, don't let them know that I said that. Um, so yes, they're having their birthday this Saturday, uh, turning 12 years old, which is crazy. They're in sixth grade, they're in middle school, so they've already made that big jump, which is Wonderful, and uh, yeah, it's a it's a big day for them, and so and they do the whole you know we have the twins' birthday, which if you've ever been a twin, if you've ever been, you still are. Um, then it's it's tough because you you share your birthday. It's not like you can be on and off there. Um, but uh, but we're having we're having something special Friday night for one of them, and then Saturday during the day. So we're doing it the right way, so they each have their own kind of party. Um, but. Something I've realized over the years is that when I'm shopping for the kids' toys, which isn't very often because Katie does most of it, um, but when I help some, I realize that the things that I'm buying them, I kind of want, and I kind of want to play with, you know? And I'm like, man, ah, man, I want to do that. Uh, And one of the things over the years that has has been an item that I've enjoyed and my kids have enjoyed as well, and I always try to help them when they get it, um, is the digging kits. Have you guys seen those? Like National Geographic, they have the digging kits, so it's like a, it's like a sandstone kind of block, right? And you have these little chisels that are plastic, which are useless, um, and you have to like break it apart and find special stones in it, and they're like really pretty looking stones, and it's really cool. And I always wanted to be an archaeologist as a kid, which I think every kid at some point wanted to be that because they like digging up things uh, and dinosaur bones, and they saw Jurassic Park, and it was cool. Um, But anytime my kids get one of those digging kits, I'm always kind of hovering over them, like watching them, like, oh, man, having a hard time? Can I, I I could help you. I could step in and help if you need help. They're like, no, Dad, we don't need help. Um, But it's, it's fun. And they do it all the time. They love these kids. One of them, though, was this gold bar. Like, it was shaped like a gold bar. And there was, like, this diamond that was in it, like a real diamond. Now, of course, the diamond was microscopic, but it was real, and it was in there. And finding that thing in this huge thing that was, like, it was like concrete. Was on it. We tried everything. We sawed. We put water on it. Like, I tried to hit it with a hammer. Like, it was insane, but eventually we got the tiny, tiny, itty-bitty diamond out, and my son was so happy that he got that little diamond, and then he lost it in a couple of days. So, um, all that to say, uh, discovery is fun. It's fun to discover something, to find something that's hidden, and then suddenly have it. My wife and I collected these little things called vinylmations. They're like little uh, Mickey Mouses, but they're like painted differently, and they look differently, and so... The idea, though, is you get a box and you don't know what's in it, right? It could be a bunch of different styles. And so you're hoping for a specific one, 
and you open the box, and you open the little package, and they hooked us on the very first one because it's exactly the one we wanted. We're like, yeah! So we thought that every single one after that, we would get the one we wanted. No, that didn't happen. But we loved looking forward to that discovery. And I think that's something that's in all of us as human beings. We like to find and seek and discover things in our lives. And that's why in the last series we talked about, God said, seek me with all your heart and you will what? Find me. You're going to find me. You seek me, you're going to find me. That's exciting. But the thing is, there's so many different things to be discovered in Jesus and in the kingdom of God. So many different things that we can search for and discover, truths, revelation of who he is, right? We discover the more we seek God, the more we understand who he is, which is vast. It's beyond our imagination, and it is staggering when we get a glimpse into the glory of God. It's beautiful, right? So we discover who God is, but also we discover who we are. Isn't that cool? That we get to discover who God created us to be. Who better to ask than the maker, right? He knows our purpose. He knows why we're here. And so we get to discover who we are when we seek the Lord. We get to discover what God has called us to do with our lives, our meaning, our purpose, our direction. And then we get to discover how to do those things. There's so much discovery, who God is, who we are, what he's called us to do, how to do it. And God invites us into that process to seek and to find and to discover. And we've been talking about the body of Christ. And one of the things that we discover in our walk with Jesus is our function within the body. What God has called us to do within his body. Are we a hand, an ear, eye, nose, foot, pinky toe, you know, whatever it is. What are we in the body of Christ and how do we live into our function? So that's what we're going to be talking about today. The title of my message is Discover. Discover. Um, we are continuing in our series on the body of Christ. And so last week we talked about belonging and how no matter what the enemy says to you, if you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you're pursuing him, you belong in the body of Christ. Right? The enemy wants us to think that we don't. He wants us to disqualify ourselves from a community and from belonging before we even start by believing lies that, oh, we don't belong because I'm not like this person or I'm not like this part of the body or I'm not like that, so I don't belong. Or another lie is I, I'm not as valuable as this person or, or my function within the body isn't as valuable, so then, so then I, don't, I don't belong. And so the enemy wants to lie to us and to get us to disqualify ourselves from community before we even dive in. But the truth is that we are adopted into God's family immediately, and immediately we have a function within the body. We immediately have a place, something that he has called us to do, a work, and something that is unique to who we are. And so there is a collective purpose within the body. We see that in Scripture. But there's also individual purposes that God gives each one of us um, as we express a unique in part of his image. So, uh, so we talked about belonging last week and how every part of the body deserves honor. Every function, whether you're an ear, an eye, foot, whatever you are, whatever you do within the body of Christ, every part deserves honor. God has placed you where he wants you. He's made you to be you, not someone else. 
and he wants you to live into that. And you living into God, what God's put inside of you is going to help the body. If we all try to be an eye, right, where's the body? It doesn't function, right? We need to be who God's called us to be. He's placed us there. We each, each part deserves honor. Each part deserves care and concern within the body. And each part belongs. So today, I want to talk about the function. What is our unique, as individuals, our unique function within the body? And how do we discover that function? How do we discover that purpose and that place within this body, this picture that God used to illustrate his people with Christ as the head, all of us submitted under him, and all of us doing our unique work? So how do we do that? It's important for us to decide. We start with deciding to belong, not believe in the lies of enemy. Enemy, enemy, enemy. See an enemy, enemy, Not that, right? But belonging, and then we discover our function and our part, and then we do our work. So we decide, discover, and do, and that's what God's inviting us into as His body. So we're going to start in Romans chapter twelve, verse three through six. It says, "For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think." of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. For just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. There's that part there. We belong to each other. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. And what's interesting is it starts, as we talked about last week, it starts with the foundation, laying the foundation of humility, right? When we start the conversation about giftings, talents, calling, purpose, the foundation that has to be laid is that these are gifts from the Lord. They're from him. They're not, we didn't earn these. Right? We didn't conjure up these gifts within us. God is the one who gave them. Every good and perfect gift comes from him. And so without him, we can do nothing. Right? So we lay the foundation of, okay, Lord, I know that anything that's good in my life is a gift from you, and I owe it to you. There's nothing that we can take pride in. We need to think of ourselves with sober judgment, not more highly than we ought to think. Right? So that's the foundation that we lay in the beginning But then you see that Paul emphasizes that different parts of the body have different functions. And we do, even though we are one body, we have different functions. And he uses two different words similarly. He says, we don't have the same function. These members in verse 4 do not all have the same function. And then in verse 6, he says, we have different gifts. So function is... And gifts he uses similarly in this passage. So one of the ways that we discover our function in the body is by looking at our gifts. Looking at the gifts that God has graced each of us with by his mercy and his goodness. That's how we discover the function in the body. Now gifts are meant to be given. Right? God, when God gives you a gift, he intends for you to share that gift with the people around you. The purpose of a gift is to better serve and love the people around us. That's the purpose of the gift. It's not to lift ourselves up. Gifts are meant to lift others up. 
and find ways to point them to Jesus. And so when God gives us these gifts, he intends for us to use them for the benefit and the common good of the body, not to exalt ourselves. And that's why we lay that foundation of humility first. Now, the Word of God talks about three different types of gifts in the New Testament that God gives to his people. And I don't necessarily believe that these lists are completely exhaustive, that it covers everything, every gift that God's ever given to us, um, but more to paint a picture, an illustration. What does it look like? What are the different gifts that God gives out to his people? What do they look like? How do we discover them? And how do we live into them? So you could put these in three different categories, gifts of the Father, gifts of the Son, and gifts of the Spirit. Or there's other uh, titles for these. You could say creative gifts. The gifts of the Father are creative gifts. Some people say that the gifts of the Son would be like the fivefold ministry gifts. And then the gifts of the Spirit, uh, gifts of the Spirit, you know. Um, so three different types of gifts. And as we look at each one of these, um, we can answer the question, what is my function within the body. So we're discovering our part in the body. So we're going to start out with the gifts of the Father in Romans chapter 12. We're going to continue in that passage that we started with. Verse 6, it says, If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. This is just Brilliant stuff right here. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. And so these are different gifts that the Father gives. It says that he gives a measure of grace to each person. And he says, basically, if, if your gift is to serve, then do it. <laughs> do the thing that you're gifted with. Use your gift. If your gift is teaching, teach. If it's giving, give. If it's encouraging, encourage. Like, use the stuff that God's placed in you for his kingdom. So why do we, does God, uh, or why are these gifts referred to as the father gifts or creative gifts? And I believe the reason why is because these represent natural inclinations or abilities within a person. So things that God has created you with, right? Strengths. Uh, you could call these uh, like tendencies, passions. Uh, you could even relate some of these things to specific personalities and temperaments, right? Certain people are very merciful, right? They are compassionate. They're empathetic. My wife is one of those people. I'm working on that. Um, but she has a lot of empathy for our kids in a lot of different situations where I don't have as much. Uh, but that's a gift. She was born with that. That's not something she developed over time. She naturally is empathetic. That's something that's in her. There are people that have natural leadership ability, right? Some people just lead. That's what they do. They step into a room and they take leadership. That's who they are. It's something that they were born with. It's a natural ability or a strength. Or maybe it's a skill or a talent that someone has uh, that it wasn't something that they learned. They just kind of picked it up and they suddenly were good at something. There is these gifts that are creative. God put them in you from birth that are unique to you. And they are expressions of God's image in you in a unique way, right? And every one of us is unique. We are a unique expression of God in this world, image bearers of the Lord. But these gifts are something that we were born with. They're creative. They're in us from the Father. You notice also in this passage, 
it says that in accordance with faith or the grace that God has given to each of you. So it says God has given each of us a measure of grace. What is grace? Unmerited favor, right? It's favor that's not earned. It's without merit, right? And he's saying that these gifts that I'm giving you are unmerited. It's a grace I've given to each person. You didn't earn the gift. It was just in you. It was something that I placed inside of you, and it's a grace from me that allows us to operate in the likeness of our creator. Isn't that awesome? That we get to live like Jesus because he placed a grace within each of us that is unique to our expression within the body. So the question then is, how do we, how do we discover this? Um, this passage mentions seven different gifts, prophecy, serving, teaching, encouragement, giving, leading, and mercy. Um, and I don't believe that you have to have one of these seven gifts. I think that there are probably other things that God has placed in different people that we can operate in. But it's examples of this grace that God has given us. So what do we learn is that God's desire, he desires that we should know his grace gifted to us and live into it. So one of the ways we operate and we function within the body is discovering the grace, the measure of grace that God's placed in you, and then being obedient to live into that. Just like he said, if you, if you serve, serve. If you encourage, encourage. Do the thing that comes naturally to you that God has placed within you for his kingdom. And so a question that we can ask ourselves in this area of creative gifts is, what is the personality, the passions, and the natural abilities that God has given me? What's the personality that God's given me, my temperament, the things that come naturally, strengths within me? What are the passions that God's placed within me? So uh, I heard one person say it this way. What are the things that make your heart break and your fist clench? You see what I'm saying? Passion. Like, man, it's heartbreaking. When you see something, you're just passionate about that thing. It really breaks your heart. Uh, or something that just, oh, I hate when I see that. I hate that injustice. I hate that thing. Uh, something that, per, for me, is I hate it when the enemy lies to people and makes them believe that they have no value. Like, that, that makes me angry. It makes my fist clench. Like, I just want to punch the devil in the face, you know, with the truth of God, right? They're image bearers of God. I don't like that, right? But it's something that makes my heart break and my fist clench. So what is that for you? What are the things that, that just move you, right? And it's just unique to who you are. doesn't mean that we don't share passions, but there is something that God's placed in you that you are passionate about. There is, a, there is a gifting, a strength that God's placed in you that is unique to you. And then the other thing was a natural ability. What is something, uh, you could ask yourself this question. When you do something, uh, you don't have to try. Like it just kind of just comes. It just comes naturally. Something you don't have to really think about, you can just do without thinking. For some people, that could be math. And you guys are like, not me. <laughs> um, but it could be writing. It could be encouragement. Like you just... It's just, you don't have to think about it. You don't have to try to encourage you. You just do it. It could be serving others and helping. Like that's something that you don't have to think about doing. You don't have to be intentional to do. It just flows out of you. It's natural to who you are. So asking yourself, okay, what are these things? And ask the Holy Spirit, God, what have you placed within me? What grace have you gifted me? And then how can I live into that? Does that make sense? All right. 
Nod your heads. Yes, okay, awesome, cool. All right, next, next area of gifts. So we talked about gifts of the Father and then the gifts of the Son. Ephesians 4, 11 through 12 says, So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. So these are referred to as the fivefold ministry gifts. And the reason why it says they're gifts from Christ is because it says that Christ himself gave these, th- these five different ministry gifts. The purpose of these gifts, though, is to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. And so I truly believe that the work of the ministry is the responsibility of God's people. Everyone, all of us, the saints, we are all called to do the work of the ministry. We are all called to be witnesses for Christ in our world. We are all called to make disciples. We are all called to love God with all of our heart, mind, soul, and strength and love our neighbor as ourselves. We are called to do that as his saints. That it's not just the apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers that do the work of the ministry. Their purpose is to equip the saints. So it's like giving tools to us as the saints to go do the work. Right? And so that's the purpose of the fivefold ministry gift is to give us the tools that we need to go out and do the work of the ministry as representatives of Christ. And so it's interesting, these gifts, each one of them is referring to more of like a calling, or you could say an office, the office of the apostle or the prophet or the evangelist. It's a specific calling that God places on a person. And not every single person will be called to one of these five things. Not every person is called to be a pastor or an evangelist or a prophet, right? But every person is called. Every person has a calling. And and our calling is a gift from the Lord. Because, man, it is a gift to have purpose. It is a gift to know where it is that we're supposed to be aiming our attention, our heart, our life, our energy, and to know that it's aligned with our Heavenly Father, our created purpose. That is a gift to have purpose. It is a gift to have calling. And God wants us, He desires that we should know His calling gifted to us and live into that. What is God calling you to do? It might be to be an apostle or a prophet or a pastor teacher, but it might be something else. What is the calling of God? What is God inviting you into specifically? Now, we have a lot of collective calling. We talked about that uh, last year. We did a series on hearing the voice of God, and we talked about calling, right? We know that we are all called to love God with all of our heart. We know that we're all called to love each other. We know that we're all called to love the people in our lives well, to be good husbands and fathers and brothers and sisters and, and sons and daughters. We know that God has called us to work. Every one of us is called to work and to work diligently. We know that God has called us to represent Christ and his character in the world. We know that God has called us to serve and to love. These are all parts of our calling collectively. And so we need to discover that. We need to understand what that is and to live into that. But also asking the question of the Holy Spirit, what, God, what are you calling me to do within the body of Christ? What are you calling me uniquely to do within the body presently and in the future? 
Now, a lot of times when we think about calling, we think of future, like the one day thing that God's going to call us to, you know, off in the distance that we will live into one day, right? That's great. That's good. There might be something that God is leading you to, a place that he is preparing before you uh, to walk in, right? He says that he prepares good works for us to walk in. But what is his calling for the present moment? What is he calling you to do in this moment, presently? within the body of Christ. What is God inviting you? That's what a calling is. It's an invitation. God is, or it's not really an invitation. It's a command. <laughs> God's commanding us. He's saying, this is what I want you to do. And walking in our calling is simply walking in obedience. And what better way to function properly within the body of Christ than for all of us collectively to walk in obedience for what our purpose is, our calling as a group, but also as individuals. And so asking that question, God, what are you calling me to do in this present season? And what are you planning for me to do in the future? So God desires that we should know his grace that he's gifted us, living into that, gifts of the Father, his calling that he's gifted us and living into that. And then third, are the gifts of the Spirit. In 1 Corinthians 12, verse 1, it says, Now about the gifts of the Spirit, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in every one, it is the same God at work. Now to each one of the manifest now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. Verse 8. To one there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom. To another, a message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by that one Spirit. To another, miraculous powers. To another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing between Spirits. To another, speaking in different kinds of tongues. And to still another, the interpretation of tongues. All these are the work of one and the same Spirit. And he distributes them to each one just as he determines. Just as a body, though one has many parts, but all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. So these are referred to as gifts of the Spirit, and they come from the Holy Spirit. He distributes them as he wills in the context for which he wills to the person to which he wills. So the, this is part of walking in step with the Holy Spirit. This is part of being led by the Spirit is that our ears and our hearts are always open to what the Spirit of God is doing around us and among us. And so, in a particular situation, God might have a gift, an outpouring, a manifestation of His Spirit that He wants to give to us in that moment to love someone well for the common good of the people. And so we have to be intentional to be listening to what the Holy Spirit is saying and what He is doing. Jesus said, I only do what I see the Father doing. I only say what I hear the Father saying. In order for us to do that, we have to be what? Listening. We have to listen. And a lot of these gifts refer to speaking, speaking into someone's life, right? And these are supernatural gifts. They're beyond our natural ability. It isn't something that we can just conjure up and throw out there, right? This is something where we have to partner with God's power, the Spirit of God within us, and then he ministers to someone in power through his people. And we see it all throughout the book of Acts, constantly. 
the church is living into the power of God and walking in the gifts of the Spirit and the power of the Spirit. And so our job is to remain open, our hearts, our hands open, surrendered entirely to him so that when the moment comes, we can speak what God is saying. Uh, And so I've seen so many examples of this that are just so powerful, Uh, whether it's a word of wisdom, right, where there's something that God puts on your heart for someone and it is direction for them or a wise path for them to walk in. And it's, and it's not from you. It's just totally the Lord. Like somehow you just know, man, this is what they really need to hear right now. And so you speak what God is saying to you, and that's, it's a supernatural thing. There's no reason that you should know. You just know, and it's powerful. And they, that person receives that, and they're able to walk in that. Or a word of knowledge could be something where you don't know something about someone, but God does. And in the moment, maybe you're praying for them or you're talking to them and your heart is open to the Lord and God says, hey, this is going on in their life. I want you to speak into that. And then you're like, this is, I don't know if I want to do that. And that's typically our response. That's my response at least. Um, But God puts it on our heart for a reason. And then when we obey, I'll be honest, I haven't always obeyed when that's happened. But in the times where I have or the people I know in my life, when they have, man, powerful things take place. I mean, breakthrough, incredible breakthrough for people who are struggling with depression or wounds from their past or things that they weren't even aware that they were, they were working through. But because someone, a follower of Jesus, took the time to listen to what the Spirit of God was saying in a moment and God said something for that person, they say it, and they, they're obedient, they speak into their life, boom, breakthrough, where there were walls built up in their hearts, maybe their heart was calloused, maybe they were closed off to God, whatever it was, but God gets through because someone decided to say, you know what, I'm going to make myself available as a conduit for the Spirit of God in this moment. And then God uses his church in power to bring redemption and to establish his kingdom in the lives of people. And that's what the gifts of the Spirit are all about. It says here that they're literally for the common good. Like, the common good, right? So people can be loved and pointed to Jesus and experience the fullness of God and salvation. Acts 1.8, Jesus told his disciples, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. The purpose of the power of God in our lives is part of it is to be a witness, right? And you see that in the book of Acts. People listened when there were powerful things that took place. Paul said, listen, I made it in uh, 2 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 12. No, 2, sorry, whatever. Anyways, 1 Corinthians 2, Paul said that I made it my goal to know nothing among you except for Christ and him crucified. He said, I did not come with persuasive words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration and power of the Holy Spirit. Because demonstration and power of the Spirit of God grabs people's attention, doesn't it? When God is moving and his Spirit is there. When the presence of God is filling this place, if someone were to walk in and they didn't know Jesus and they walked into this room and God's presence was filling this place, Man, they just encountered Jesus. That's powerful. And their heart is open. So the gifts of the Spirit, God desires that we should know his power gifted to us and live into it. He gave us the Spirit of God 
for a purpose. And the power of God poured out in his church for a purpose. So we should know his power and then live into that that's gifted to us. And so we have to ask ourselves this question. What is the Holy Spirit doing in the lives of those around me? And how can I partner with him? Because God's at work. The Spirit of God is working in every single person's life in some way to bring healing, restoration, redemption, salvation. And so our job as his people is to partner with what he's already at work doing. Holy Spirit, what are you doing? How can I partner with you in that work? And so our hearts are open and we say, all right, Lord, in this conversation I'm having with this person, is there anything that you want me to say to them? And God might say, he might not have anything. You might not hear anything. That's okay. Or he might give you like a single word. And you're like, it's kind of weird. But uh, I just feel like God's saying this. And it ends up being really powerful. Or it's a statement or it's something more than that. Right? Prophecy is, is edification, exhortation, and comfort. And so when we prophesy into someone's life, we're strengthening, encouraging, and comforting. Man, that's something that God wants to do. But our heart has to be open to what the Spirit of God is doing around us, and we want to partner with him in that. Um, my sister, actually, um, has just really operates in the prophetic a lot and just has some, some amazing words that she's given me in, in the past. But in the process of us coming here, actually, pastoring this church, <clears throat> we were praying about it, um, and I, I came here and I, I preached for my first Sunday, like the guest speaking day. And uh, do you guys remember that? <laughs> that was fun stuff. I was really nervous, by the way. Um, but uh, she, I met with her the day after that for breakfast. And I uh, hadn't told her really anything about, like, specifics about the church here or anything like that. And um, I'm sitting there talking to her about it and like, yeah, we're praying and seeing what the Lord wants to do. And she said, I don't know. This is weird. I just, I have to tell you something, it's, but it's weird. I don't know what it means. It's strange, so just, you can ignore it, you know. It's not God, just don't, don't pay any attention to it. She's like, but I just feel like God was saying, I want you to come with me, sit with me at the banqueting table. And at, at, the, at that time, the name of the church was The Table. My sister did not know that. But she had that word, and it was like, as soon as she said it, it was like I just felt the presence of God in that moment. And I was like, this is where God wants me to be. And there was tons of other confirmation through a lot of other uh, relationships and people and mentors and everything else, and you all, and it's just been amazing to be here. But, and God speaks through his people. And man, power, powerful things can take place when we open up our hearts to what God's doing around us. So I want to close with this. As we've seen before, our functions won't all be the same, right? It's going to be different. We're going to have different functions within the body. That's okay. That's okay. Because every function deserves honor. The grace God has given each of us will be different, right? The calling that God's placed on your life will be different. His power at work in you can be manifest differently through different people and through different gifts. It's going to be different, but the key is all of these gifts, all this grace, this calling, this power of God, all of it is meant to function together as one, and then the body of Christ will grow in maturity 
and love and the kingdom of God will be established within our city. Look at this, Ephesians 4, 15 through 16. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. From him, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. So when does it grow and build itself up in love? As each part does its work. So we need to walk with the Spirit of God and say, all right, Lord, what's the grace? What's the calling? What's the power that you have given me and placed on my life? What is my function in the body? Listen, I can't tell you what it is. Only God can do that, right? But it's important for us to take the time and be intentional and ask God those questions. And then when we feel like we know what that is, live into that. Walk in obedience, step out in faith. Many times it does take faith. It takes courage to do what God has asked us to do. But man, when we do it, God does some amazing things. So he put us all together. It's his grace, his calling, his power. These gifts are from him, but when we do our part, the body grows. And I want to see the body of Christ grow in every way. Amen? I want to see the body of Christ grow closer in our relationship with the Father. I want us to hear the voice of God together. I want us to walk in step with the Spirit together. I want to see our love for each other grow. Our relationships, our vulnerability, our humility, our empathy, our care, and our concern for one another. I want to see the body of Christ grow by people coming to know Jesus. Us having a baptism service, I told you, I can't wait to see the day when we have our baptism service and we have a line of people all the way down the wall that are making a public profession of their faith in Jesus because they've come to know Christ through this body and through the ministry of this body. I'm excited about what God has for us. And I know that when we commit to saying yes to him, to listening, to praying, discovering, that we'll find and he'll move. Amen? Amen. Well, I just want to take a moment and, uh, and pray over you guys. Uh, to close out the service today, we, we're not going to have a closing song of worship. Um, and I actually forgot to have someone come up to play, but that's okay. Um, so I'm just going to pray over you. Is that okay? And uh, we're just going to receive from the Holy Spirit. Let's just close our eyes, open up our hearts and our hands to the Lord. Uh, Lord Jesus, thank you, God, that you are present. You are in the room. Holy Spirit, you are here right now in this moment. God, thank you that we get to be in your presence. Thank you that we get to gather together as your body and submit to you as the head. Lord Jesus, I ask God that you speak to us, your people. Lord God, help us discover the grace that you've given each of us. Help us discover the calling that you've given each of us. Help us discover the power of God at work within each of us. Lord Jesus, we want to walk in step with your spirit. We want to see the body of Christ grow in love, edify itself in love, become a mature body, growing up into you who is the head.
And Lord, we want to see your kingdom come and your will be done in this church body, in our lives, but in the lives of the people outside of this church. We thank you, God, Lord God, that you are at work. You are always working within us, even if we don't see it. And so we just want to partner with you, God. We love you and we bless you. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said? Amen. Amen. Love you guys.